whether you eat or drink. Whatever you do. 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 Or whatever you do. Do all to the glory of God. Welcome to Whatever You Do. I'm Danny. And I'm Abby. We're just best friends trying to figure out how to bring glory to God in whatever you do. Episode three. Hi guys, it is whatever you do. (laughs) (laughs) Had to remember the name of our podcast there for a second. (laughs) But yes, here we are. I'm Danny. I'm Abby. And we're back again. I have no idea what we're talking about. Abby has been leaving me in suspense. (sighs) What are we talking about, Abby? Well... I felt like we should talk about, because I think both of our husbands had brought up wanting to, a foundation to our podcast to be um, what we believe about children. Mm. Yeah, that was definitely one of the things Chip had mentioned there on the list. (laughs) (laughs) So did Tim. So I thought maybe we could slightly crack open <clears throat> the can of worms that is our lives. Yeah. In regards to <laughs> having babies. I know we we all the time get asked by strangers, by family members, oh you're planning on having more? I just had the discussion with the bank teller today who asked me something about my kids. And I said, well, I have eight kids. And she was like, how old are they? And I gave all the ages. And she said, will you have more? And we said, sure. And her eyes were like, yeah, what in the world? Yeah. I feel like people either think you're, we're going, our goal is to have as many as like physically, humanly possible or... We surely have reached the maximum number that is appropriate. Yeah. And I think sometimes it's easy for me to feel like... How many kids do you want, Abby? (laughs) I want as many God that God wants to give me. (laughs) But I think it is easy. I know we've had this discussion a lot um, that it's really hard to be in this place of in-between of not trying to take control on either side of things by not trying to, like, conceive, but also not trying to necessarily prevent having babies. And I think why I thought to bring this up to talk about today is just because we said we were going to talk about where we are at with life, and I feel like this is relevant to the stage that we're at as far as we just had babies a yearish ago right. and we're having cycles now and having to kind be of. kind of having weird cycles but <laughs> having to be in this place of like okay like I, I want to be excited and ready for a positive pregnancy test but at the same time want to just be prepared and ready for not to get pregnant for who knows how long, but also being ready 
to get pregnant tomorrow. Like, in just this place of, like, having zero control over it. And, but I think a lot of times we, like, act as if we have had control somehow. It's like this fake control that we convince ourselves that we have that we never have actually had at all. Right. Yes. Hmm. So how do we go about... I think probably just talking about where we have been with it in the past and where we are now might be a good way to kind of, I don't know, talk about it. Kick things off. Well, we got married and decided that we were going to have two kids, maybe four, but never three. Was Can't do that odd number thing. I can't do the odd number thing. So that was always what we said. You know you're going to have an odd number of children. Oh, I'm sure I'm going <laughs> to. Just kidding. You probably don't even care as much now. Yeah, I don't at all. Um, and we... When we got married, definitely decided we didn't want to start having kids right away. I had been on birth control, like, my whole life it felt like. I got on birth control when I was, I don't know, 12 or 13 or something. And so that was just totally normal to just be on the birth control pill. And um, about two and a half years after we got married, while I was on the birth control pill, found out I was pregnant with my first baby. That was a major shock. (laughs) So, Chip and I were similar in the sense that I had also been on birth control pills from the time I was 15. Um, And we got married and we thought we would have three or four kids. He came from a family of three kids and I came from a family of four kids. And we both liked our family experiences and dynamics growing up so we kind of thought either three kids really close together like Chip's family or two kids and then a space and two more kids like my family and also like you guys we were told by many people in our lives our um, parents our pastors that hormonal contraceptives were the responsible thing to do that they were the wise thing to do, that we shouldn't bring a baby into the mix when we... Weren't, quote-unquote, ready. Right, when we weren't stable and... Um, whatever, whatever that means, because I don't feel stable at all. <laughs> um, so I stayed on the birth control pill that I had been on, and we, we did purposefully go off of the pill... Um, when we had been married for just over a year and Chip had gotten a new job and we felt like, okay, so with his job, if I don't have to work and I could stay home with babies, so we'll just see what happens. And I was pregnant a month after I went off the pill. So God was extremely gracious, I think, to both of us in the sense that we didn't have any trouble getting pregnant, even though he had been on mm-hmm. hormonal contraceptives for years, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't even understand at the time how. Yeah, I had how much to be thankful for that, and I actually, growing up as a teenager, I was on birth control pills all of my teenage years, but um, 
I had a lot of ovarian cysts that would like rupture all the time. And I was told by one of my doctors that I probably, it would be really difficult for me to get pregnant. And thank goodness that I had birth control pills to help regulate things for me. I feel like they make it sound like that makes you suddenly like regular so that it'll help you get pregnant or something in the future, even though it doesn't do that at all. But yeah. So, um, we had friends in our newly married group who had looked into hormonal, hormonal contraceptives and were very convicted that they were abortifacients. They caused abortions and they were very vocal to all of the other couples in the group that they believed that they were wrong and that they were sinful. And um, I did a little bit of research on it and I kind of brushed it off as, well, that's not how I'm trying to use them and they're supposed to keep me from ovulating. So... You know, I kind of played it off as, well, if my intentions are that I want them to keep me from ovulating, then, Mm -hmm. and that's what they're supposed to do, then, you know, I can't help it if it doesn't work 100% of the time and something else happens. And um, I think maybe we should take a minute to explain that when we talk about hormonal contraceptives as abortifacients, You can look in almost, well, in every single um, packet insert Mm -hmm. for hormonal contraceptives that I've ever seen. And you can look at the mechanisms by which they work. And the main mechanism for combination pills is that they are supposed to suppress ovulation. But there are secondary mechanisms, one of which is thinning the uterine lining which is your uterus is thickened each month to be able to more readily accept uh, a fertilized baby. A fertilized yeah. egg. They're- fertilized egg, which is then a baby. Right. A conceived child. Um, so one of the acknowledged ways that the pill works is that if ovulation does occur and if conception does happen um, and that egg is fertilized that it's made your womb a place that is not as hospitable for a baby that it, it won't as e- be as easy for the baby to implant and grow and thrive. I've heard people say well but babies can implant in the fallopian tubes which isn't doesn't have this thick, lush endometrium and, Mm -hmm. like, survive. So it could still implant in the womb even without a thick uterine lining. Mm -hmm. But the point is, well, if a baby implants in the fallopian tube, that's... The baby's not going to survive there either. That's not a good thing. So we're talking about, you know, what is our responsibility as Mm -hmm. women to have... Our bodies, yes, we're not going to be able to do everything perfectly, but the whole point of hormonal contraceptives is to specifically not try to have a child. I understand there are people who use them for other reasons and mm-hmm. for, you know, medical medical reasons, but when you are on it w- with the intentions that I was, I guess I can only speak for myself. The intentions 
in which I was using the birth control pill were to not have a baby. Yeah. And so making it so that it would be hard if I did end up getting pregnant for my baby to live, I felt after time and God convicting me was just irresponsible. And why would I, why would I do that? Why would I take Mm -hmm. those chances with, if I'm saying that the baby is a blessing from God and um, that all life is good and he has created it, then why would I want to make my body a place where that can't thrive? Mm -hmm. So I don't know. Um, I definitely feel like we were very much encouraged to take birth control in our Christian high school, our Christian college we went to, churches we attended. It was, it was definitely never something that was addressed or talked about in this way. Um, I feel like it was just a friend mentioning it to me casually that I was like, what? I've never heard of that being what actually happens. I just was always told it was just going to prevent you from ovulating and Right, yeah. I mean, that's... I didn't want to look into it. I didn't want to believe that there was anything deeper to it. Mm -hmm. And I really resisted it for a long time. And for a long time that... I mean, this friend of mine was very persistent. And, like, you need to look at this. And, you know, it got kind of annoying at the time. But um, it really... As I looked into it, there's there's the combination pill, which is estrogen and progesterone, and then there's um, just the progesterone-only pills, which aren't even supposed to really suppress ovulation. They primarily work through um, just making the uterine lining weaker and through changing the cervical mucus so mm-hmm. that there's less of a chance of um, conception but isn't that the like mini pill what you <clears throat> that's the mini pill that's the pill that they'll often prescribe when you're, when you're nursing because yeah. if you have too much estrogen when you're breastfeeding it's gonna ruin your milk supply and mm-hmm. so I remember that Really, we didn't go off the pill any earlier than we would. Um, we we didn't stop using it out of any sort of conviction. We stopped using it because we had decided in our timeline that we were ready to have a baby and we yeah. wanted one. Mm-hmm. And then when I was pregnant with my first baby, and I I did start to read and research a little bit about it, and I came across that information about the mini pill, and I knew that that's what they would give to me if I was breastfeeding, and I also started to learn about just um, the natural ways that breastfeeding can, um, for some women, stop your cycle and Mm -hmm. make it harder for you to get pregnant. And so during that time, we did feel really strongly convicted about not using the mini pill, Mm -hmm. that we didn't feel that there was any part of that we could agree with if we weren't even suppressing Ovulation, And if we were going to be counting on breastfeeding to do that anyway, then why not just count on breastfeeding to do that? And if it didn't work, then just trust that God wanted to give us a baby close together with our first one. And so that was the kind of the first letting go of, Hmm. okay, well, we could probably do two close together. So we'll just... We definitely didn't have any sort of conviction about not doing birth control from a moral standard after our first baby when we accidentally got pregnant. Um, 
but it was more just from a like I was starting to learn more about hormones and like the natural ways of which our body can function and how that can harm things and so we kind of were were trying to we wanted to get off hormonal birth control for like for my body reasons yes. more so which um, is also I mean kind of goes hand yeah. in hand mm-hmm. that's not the way that God yeah. created the hormone cycle to work so why are we yeah. introducing things that aren't normal and we definitely did, weren't read like weren't wanting to have another baby quite yet um at the time it was my daughter was like 11 months old or um and we got pregnant we had uh, at that time been just using condoms but we got pregnant and um felt really like Surprise, but also like Tim didn't even really want any more kids at that point, yes. right? I mean, yes, he was like, <gasps> once I was feeling like, oh, we're off birth control, maybe I'll get pregnant. Kind of feeling like I wouldn't be that sad about it, but Tim very much was like, no. Mm-mm. Um, but then when we got pregnant, um, the second time, um, we were surprised, but I was super, super excited. Um, we announced it to our family at my daughter's first birthday party and I was really really excited to to do it and um then it was like a week later that I miscarried that baby and I I do really think that that miscarriage even though it was a very early on miscarriage I think that really put an impact definitely on me and I think also on my husband of why why are we trying to control this you know um when we went to our doctor our midwife's office after we had miscarried, you know, she said, you need to make sure that you give your body three months before you try to get pregnant again to allow your body to like heal. And, um, I remember talking to my husband about that, especially because it didn't feel like a planned pregnancy in the first place. You know, we weren't, it wasn't like we were wanting to get pregnant. Right. So I remember asking him like, well, what do you want to do to like, and, and I, I just remember we both came to the conclusion, like, well, I think that it'd be great to, like, allow my body to heal. But ultimately, we felt like God knew what was supposed to happen. And we decided to just not try to prevent and not try to do anything differently and just let go of that completely. Not completely for all eternity of all of our children, but just in that at that period of time, not trying to not get pregnant, but also not trying to really pay much attention to it and... Then two weeks after that miscarriage, I conceived and was pregnant with my next baby. And that was surprising, but also really exciting. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of where where things kept changing for me. Um, I feel like every time it kept changing. It did. Um, After our second baby... I still, you know, felt very strongly not to use the mini pill or any hormonal contraceptives. And so we had, like I said at the beginning, we had thought we would either have three kids close together or four kids, but we really thought with four kids we'd have two kids and then give me a chance to breathe for a minute and then have two more kids Mm -hmm. later on. And so it kind of was coming down to this, like, well, if I really wanted to have four kids, I, I... thought that that 
plan sounded amazing, but it was starting to put me in this predicament of like, okay, well, how am I supposed to not get pregnant for the next like four or five years? Like Mm -hmm. I'm thinking. And so we came to the decision that we would use barrier methods, um, that I would get like a cervical cap and my OB didn't offer that as a birth control option. And so I had to go to a different doctor's office that wasn't my doctor in order to get fitted for one. And I got there and gave them my copay and got in the room and they walked in and said, we are so sorry, we didn't realize why you were coming in today or we would have called you and rescheduled because we're changing the type that we're using and the ways that we measure. We don't have like the new kit that we need to use. It was just this weird like Mm -hmm. fluke thing and they're like, so if we measure you with what we have, then we won't be able, you won't actually, like you'll only be able to get one I don't even know how often they recommend you get a new one, Mm -hmm. but it sounded like this isn't going to last very long and then you're going to need the new type and you're going to have to get refitted. So you might as well just wait. And the amount of relief, I don't think I'd ever been so nervous for a doctor's appointment in the first place, Mm. which I'm not, I'm a very open person. I'm not like one to, (laughs) I'm like, sure, examine every inch of me. I don't care. And yes. So the fact that I was having so much anxiety overgoing, it felt so wrong to me. And yet it really seemed like the only option we could come up with that we felt like we were morally okay with Mm -hmm. as far as like, so that's, I think that that's also something I want to play, put in here. And I don't know, I don't even know exactly what your stance is on it, but I would say that from a moral standpoint, I wouldn't say it is always wrong or sinful to try to prevent having a baby. Absolutely. Um, I I think barrier methods are a moral way about going about that. Um, the bigger thing that I take issue with with them is that while I don't think that they're morally wrong in the sense of they're not they, they're truly acting as contraceptives. They're mm-hmm. not acting as abortifacients. They're not killing life that is potentially right. being created. Just in my experience and from just a debatable standpoint, they do place a hindrance in the, the act of uniting as a husband and wife. They mm-hmm. do make a difference in in that act of coming together, there's additional steps that need to be taken in order to use those things that really does just make, make it different. Mm -hmm. And, um, for my husband and I, I think it's just something we would have to really feel that there was something that God had really shown us was a reason to be, using those things and when we started looking at any of our after that appointment after we left after I left there I I felt so much relief I couldn't wait to get home and tell my husband like I don't think this is right I don't want to do this I don't like this isn't I don't feel comfortable with this anymore and I don't want to go back unless you really want me to and he was fine with me not going back and 
we kind of came to this point of like, well, I guess we'll just have three kids close together and that'll be it. And, you know, maybe we'll be able to handle a fourth kid after that. I'm not really sure, but mm-hmm. we'll see. And But the point of that is when we were looking over the reasons in our hearts for why we would try to prevent having a baby, none of them lined up biblically with what we believed. Mm-hmm. Um, they were all selfish reasons. They were all out of a lack of trust in God's provision and God's faithfulness. Um, and you're not saying that that's, that's like everyone's. A, yeah, for everyone. No, that's not at all. A blanket think, statement for everyone. You're just no, saying, I'm saying you specifically. That for us, as we looked at it. Because it really comes down to a matter of the heart. Absolutely. So taking aside, we're talking about just contraceptives now. We're not talking about anything that could cause an abortion. You're talking solely just on barrier methods, condoms, natural family planning, or those types yes. of things. Those yes. you th- you would agree, correct me if I'm wrong, are morally neutral in and of themselves. Yes, the actual the actual method of using those right. things is morally neutral. What it comes down to more is, is your heart behind using yes, them. Of like which, what is your but that's I would say that generally speaking, in our culture especially, our our reasons as a whole, more often than not, come down to wrong and sinful attitudes behind using those things. Mm-hmm. But I definitely don't think that all people in all times and in all circumstances are, are sinful, sinful for in preventing a pregnancy. I, absolutely not. Right. Yes. Okay. Just wanted to be clear. On that. How are? You, how do you feel about it? Yeah, I definitely feel that way. I do feel like it is sinful to use methods that can cause. An abortion, um, but I feel like other methods of trying to prevent a pregnancy are morally neutral in and of themselves. But a lot of times, it can, you know, it, there are other issues that come up, like you were saying, with your intimacy with your husband when these other things have to take place. I mean, even when you look at natural family planning and how God has like created our bodies and hormones to work together in the in the fact of the time in which you are the most fertile and is the time you're supposed to abstain or use other you right methods and that's or... also the time that your hormones are ramping up and you want to be intimate the most Mm -hmm. but that's usually the time that you have to either abstain or use a barrier method right and so just things like that that like it's not wrong to do that but you have to really examine what what are your reasons for doing that and is it is it appropriate for a season or a time or whatever maybe i don't like i don't know i know at this point where tim and i are is that we don't feel like it's appropriate for us to do. And I definitely still feel like I struggle. I feel like I know that from like a conviction standpoint, but there's definitely still periods of time that I'm like, I wish we could just pretend like we didn't feel convicted about that and prevent pregnancy because I'm not ready to get pregnant again or whatever. But ultimately, I think when it comes down to those feelings and those thoughts, when you really go back to what you believe about it, you trust and know that yeah, God is sovereign over mm-hmm. that and that if you're truly not ready, that it's much 
I would argue that it's much better to go to him with those fears and concerns mm-hmm. and go to him and ask him to be in control of that. Yeah. And then trust what happens from that, whether that is that he doesn't give you a baby for a while when you're not feeling ready for it and you get to see God's control over that process mm-hmm. and his graciousness towards you in that way or whether he does see that a baby is exactly what you need and that mm-hmm. whether you feel ready for it or not that he's going to allow a pregnancy to take place and a baby yeah. to come and sometimes it's the times we think we can't handle it and need it the least and we mm-hmm. think this would be really hard and really terrible that God graciously gives us a baby and yeah. says, I'm going to bring joy to your family through this child. I feel and like that so much with Calvary, my fourth baby. Um, that was a season of... She's getting weepy, folks. <laughs> <laughs> that was a season of great, great challenge. Um, my Explain the circumstances when you found out that you were pregnant with your fourth baby. What was going on in your life at that time? Well, my third baby, Sayla. How, how old were your three kids at that point? Oh, uh, four, four two, two and one. In yeah, and like barely ten four. Months. Like barely turned four. If Actually, she, no, she, she wasn't was four. Three. She was three, uh, uh, three, two, and ten months. In ten months. Um, actually, I think Cade hadn't even turned two yet. Okay. Um... But my... Right, that would make sense, yeah. Yeah. Sayla, uh, my third baby, um, had a lot of medical problems her first year of life. Um, And at the time, I found out I was pregnant with number four. We uh, were in the hospital with Sayla, and we had been in there for a couple of weeks. Maybe her... I think it was probably her... Third or fourth or... It was probably like her fifth Fifth admission. Yeah, it was quite a few at this point. And we had been in for a few weeks and things were getting a lot more intense with her health. And she had a feeding tube. We were finding out all about, you know, chromosome abnormalities that she was experiencing, all the delays that she was having. um, And just she was having a lot of struggles and had two young kids at home, was living in the hospital with Sayla and... Um, you know, thought went just went home to switch my husband, um, for him to come stay with Sayla for a little while in the hospital, and I was gonna go home and spend some time with my other two kids and sleep for a little bit. And when I got home, I realized like, oh, I forgot I had packed pads to in the hospital and I never use them. And I was like, maybe I'm late. I should just take a test. And I took a test and thought I was pregnant in my bathroom like when I needed to like head back to the hospital and I was just so called me shocked <laughs> I don't think Tim has ever been the first to know ever um yeah called you and I drove back to the hospital I walked in and just told my husband I'm pregnant and I can't tell you the the supernatural peace that we both had in that time there wasn't like obviously it felt like well this is a horrible time you know from the outside like perspective people looking into our lives but at the same time we were so happy 
and so excited and so mixed with a little bit of like oh no what are we gonna do how is this ever yes. gonna work yeah. I'm oh scared. yeah absolutely I'm so terrified right now and I don't know absolutely. what's gonna happen and what how are we gonna handle this yes and but the peace God gave us yes, at absolutely. that time was overwhelming um and and then that when really, you got to the end of that pregnancy and Calvary was born Selah was not using her feeding tube as much. She had caught up developmentally. She was doing things doctors told me she would never do. She was talking. She was walking. All these things that I was told she wouldn't ever be able to do, she was doing and exceeding expectations drastically. Um, And it felt like... A total, this like, wasn't a bad time to have another no, baby not at, at all. all. It felt like a perfectly, I mean, ob- obviously they were close together and it was my fourth kid in right, five yes. years, but it didn't feel like any extra hard because Selah was stable and doing so much better right. and it felt like exactly what our family needed at that time. But I would have never planned that or thought that at all. Right, right. But at the same time, it was during that, it was during my third pregnancy with Selah that God started convicting us on this and started convicting us on trying to control this. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the time when we got pregnant with my fourth, we weren't doing anything at all to stop it. So we obviously knew it could happen. Right, right. But um, we were also... At the same time, when you're living in the hospital, it kind of feels like yes. it had to be a miracle of God yeah. because yes. how often we were you crossing paths in the first yes. place. Yes, <laughs> It's not like we were, like, intentionally, oh, honey, I'm ovulating, let's hurry up. Like, no, it wasn't that at all. So, yeah. I think probably the biggest shift for Chip and I, well, so... After we decided to have a third baby, close potentially, if that's what God wanted to do, um, when my second baby was, let's see, he was 11 months old when I found out I was pregnant, and then I went to the doctor and found out I was nine weeks pregnant with twins (laughs) at my early ultrasound which just completely turned my entire world upside down at that yeah. time. Um, I really, really struggled in the sense that it really was where I feel like God challenged me smack dab in the face with, you say babies are a blessing, and now... I've given you two babies and the the guilt that I struggled with of thinking like, I can't handle this. This is not what I asked for. This is not what I wanted, Mm -hmm. but also, but don't take either of them away from me, God. Like I want them both. Like Mm -hmm. they are a blessing and really God just, just challenging me with, do you trust me? Like, Mm -hmm. I know you can't handle this, but are you coming to me? Because I can handle this. I'm already getting weepy again, and this is not even, like, my story. (laughs) Yeah. So, um, I mean, there were a couple of really rough months of where I was just crying all the time. I mean, so at this point, I had a... Let's see. Kenzie was two, had just turned two. Riken had just turned one. And then I was pregnant with twins. So they were still two and one. And then I had two newborn borns when they were born. And it just, 
everything about the situation felt like, oh no, like mm-hmm. what have we done? Mm-hmm. And God was gracious every step of the way, provided everything we needed, even at times we didn't even know what we needed and we didn't even ask him to provide. I mean, I remember showing up at a women's ministry at church one day and they had done a surprise diaper drive that I had no idea. I was I was not anticipating it at all. I had not told anyone. I mean, we didn't even think in our minds like, oh, it'd be really nice if someone gave us diapers. We And I mean, we got like... I think over a thousand diapers like it was just Uh incredible the ways God just poured out his kindness to us and provided and provided through that pregnancy that was difficult and so but at the same time then I became more resolved in my mind that I was for sure done ever having babies. Mm-hmm. This pregnancy was hard and I've had three back-to-back pregnancies now and I I didn't even get to make a choice about whether I was going to have three or four kids and so God took care. I mean, in my mind, I'm, I was almost kind of like, well, I'm kind of glad because I really wanted to have four kids and I don't know that I would have chosen it because it might have been too hard and so God just made that decision for me and gave me four kids and like, thank you God for... Now I'll take my control back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Close that down. So, I mean, our plan all along was... And I I asked my husband to go and get a vasectomy while I was pregnant with the twins. Um, I felt pretty strongly that that's that made the most sense because, you know, get it done while I'm pregnant and then any of the waiting periods and all of mm-hmm. that, we don't even have to worry about because can't get pregnant while I'm pregnant. Yeah. So... <laughs> Um, but he was like, I don't think it's the right time. And not because he really disagreed with the decision. He also agreed that that's what we should do, but more because he wanted to wait and make sure everything went okay with the rest of my pregnancy and with Mm -hmm. the birth and everything. And so it was like, I think the twins were two weeks old and he mentioned something of, I should probably call a doctor now. And the heaviness that came over me that I was completely unexpected and I mm-hmm. didn't I didn't even want I didn't even like I was not looking for um I spent the next like two or three days googling biblical reasons for sterilization and why should Christians have vasectomies and mm-hmm. looking for a, a solid biblical argument about why we should take that drastic of a measure to Mm -hmm. not have any more babies. I wanted to see that this decision is full of wisdom and this is definitely, you know, this is okay and this isn't wrong. And everything I came across was, I regret this decision. Children are a blessing. Mm -hmm. Why would, I mean, it's the first time I had ever heard the term of like, why would you mutilate your body? Something that's working fine mm-hmm. just to not have another child. And like, what mm-hmm. message does that give to the children you have? Obviously at the time your children are young, but just kind of the general yeah. idea of, so we love you and you're such a blessing that we're going to go like cut and operate on our bodies to make sure it never happens again. Like right, it just right. isn't a super logical conclusion. Um, and, but I was pretty sure my husband would be still t- 
totally wanting to... I, I didn't... I wasn't happy about the conviction. I didn't want to have more kids. I was still living in a lot of selfishness, and I really wanted to get these four kids to a point where they were self-sufficient and could go to school, and I could... Have your life back. Get back to a little bit of peace and quiet around my house. <laughs> um, so it was definitely a, a, a huge inner struggle and battle I mm-hmm. was having, and I thought, well... I'm learning things about being a submissive wife, and so perfect. I'll just tell my husband, who I know isn't going to agree with any of this, and then I'll have to submit to him, and I can just not worry about all this conviction. And uh-huh. obviously, that was stupid of me to think that God would be not working on his heart, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> Especially in something if I was going to submit in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I talked to him, and he was like, "Well." I could see us having another baby, which to this day, I I mean, I, I feel like it wasn't him talking. I feel like God like <sighs> quieted any of his thoughts or words yeah. and just shot those words right out to floor me because that was not at all, at all what I would have expected. Even if, even if his response was something like, well... I'll think about this or something that would have even shocked me. I was so sure he was mm-hmm. just done having kids, but to not just say, I'll think about it, but to say I could see us having another baby was just like, yeah, who are, who am I married to? Like, who yeah. are you? This goes against every conversation we've ever had about this. And he'll even say that in that moment, kind of, his next reaction was like, "What? Why did I just say that? Like mm-hmm. that? Well, that was weird." Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was like a major shifting point for us of like really being confronted with what what's so bad about having kids that and and biblically, how are you viewing this that you can really justify taking this this drastic of an action? And again, just like we prefaced and said earlier. If you have made that decision and if that is something that you and your husband came to prayerfully before the Lord and and you have your reasons in your heart and you know without a doubt before God that that, that is not something that you mm-hmm. feel convicted about, then I'm not trying to put guilt on anyone. I'm not trying to say, right. I, I think you're in sin. But... It was very clear that for us and our motivations, again... It would be sinful for you. God was working very evidently and placing heavy conviction on us that if we were to go forward with our plan and for the reasons why we were going forward with it, that we were not doing it out of Mm -hmm. a desire to be biblically obedient. We were doing it out of selfish motivations Mm -hmm. and worldly thinking. Yeah. So... Yeah, that was a big shifting point for us. Very clear. I don't know. I don't know. Did you and Tim have as clear of a... We had a shifting point. It definitely was more gradual. Like every baby, it was, you know, after we miscarried, it was like, well, we just won't try to do anything. And then we got pregnant. And then after that one, um, we were... After our second, before we got pregnant with our third, we were doing the natural family planning route and by all scientific standards should not have been able to conceive our third baby 
And when we did, this was at the time that we were praying the most about should we be letting go and not even trying to control it at all. And then when we conceived after us trying to control it, we were like, well, that just... And that was when we, obviously, we mentioned before, became friends, you and I. Right. It was right after that. It was yep. right after that. And so we the had point that we were at was that we had just had our sixth baby. So what I just talked about in our big shift was after our fourth, after mm-hmm. our third and fourth, our mm-hmm. twins. And then at that point, you know, my husband said, oh, I could see us having one more. And we kind of agreed, like, okay, one more. And so we kind of mm-hmm. had a gradual shift of, like, well, we'll be open and not do anything and see if I get pregnant with another one. And then maybe after that, we'll... I think we had felt really convicted about doing anything, like, permanent, like, yeah, surgery-wise. Mm-hmm. But we were like, well, then we'll look at natural family planning and ways that yeah. we can work around and kind of revisit that idea of condoms or whatever. I don't know. We didn't really like any of the options, but we figured we had a while before we had to figure it out. So, but by the time we met and that was, I remember very distinctly, like our husbands having conversations about this Mm -hmm. and, you know, obviously it didn't matter because I was pregnant. Um, but then after we had our third baby, um, even though that, from an outsider perspective, logically, someone could argue the wisest thing for us to do with all the hospitalizations and health issues she was experiencing would be to be preventing a pregnancy. Um, but that is, that's even more why we felt God was doing that convicting because it's not how we felt and we felt like we needed to let God decide that, so... Yeah, and so I think probably from then on out for both of us, it's been, like you kind of said, a mixture of we feel, especially as couples, I know Chip and I feel very confident and you and Tim feel very confident Mm -hmm. that with where we're at in life, if no circumstances were to change from where they're at right now, yeah, and um, that really just trusting the Lord with opening and closing the womb and mm-hmm. is what we believe. And um, I think we'll talk about this a little bit more maybe on the next episode, but um, I think it's important and, and something that doesn't get talked about a lot is that this kind of Abby alluded to it earlier, but this goes both directions. It's not yes. just... there's women who are open to having children who also don't conceive. Yes. And that is just as much of a battle of learning to trust the Lord. Mm -hmm. Um, And it doesn't mean that we're more holy or more blessed by God because he chooses to give us children. We don't know why he chooses to give us as many children as he does and it's a humbling thing I would say yeah um so I think there's more that we can say about these things and um yeah there's there's more to talk about but that's kind of a a general place of where we're at and um really the biblical mm-hmm. principle behind it all is just really believing that children are a blessing and that God is the author and creator of life. He's he, the giver and the taker of life. He opens and closes wombs. That he is the provider. So he's mm-hmm. going to provide. He's not going to give you children and then not take care of you. Mm-hmm. 
And ultimately, he's sovereign over the details of timing and when and how many and... Yeah. So... Hope you enjoyed that. I'm sure there were some things in there that maybe sound extreme or that might even rustle your feathers a little bit and make you feel like, well, they don't know my life. They don't know my circumstances. And we don't. They don't we don't. And we all. don't know your heart. And, you know, we aren't trying to say that anything you're doing is wrong. But if you feel that you're starting to question whether something's wrong, we'd encourage you to look into it, to be prayerful about it, to ask your husband about it, to really search God's word about it, and not just to go along with doing whatever you're doing because it's what your mom and dad told you was the smartest thing to do or just what you've always known, but to really like seek the Lord on these things and be confident before Him. We're not your judge. We really doesn't matter what we think about what you're doing or not doing. Um, So be confident before the Lord in the decisions you're making in this area. And yeah, just encourage that. So till next time. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye.